Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Our guest today is Olivia Olchuk Day. Olivia is the president and CEO of Day Media Consulting out of Vancouver, Canada. Olivia has worked over 25 years in sales and sales-dominant companies. Her knowledge history encompasses the B2B space, construction, government, education, legal, tech, finance, and not-for-profit. As of late, Olivia's interests have also included Aboriginal and First Nations marketing, as well as key wellness messaging. Throughout her work history, Olivia has watched as countless firms from Fortune 500 to small entrepreneurial businesses have missed their mark with marketing communication strategies. Unfortunately for them, not properly connecting with their target audience on their branding, rebranding, and sales operations has left them out of pocket or overpaying for their marketing. And that's what Olivia wants to stop. This repetitive sequence often leaves valuable contracts and money opportunities on the table. Welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, Olivia. Thank you for having me today. Well, we're going to talk about your journey, but first let's talk about what it is that you do now. You started Day Media Consulting and a lot of your work is centered around the construction industry as well as tech, finance, and other industries. So can you just start by telling us why you started Day Media and what exactly it is that you do? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I uh, started marketing about 10 years ago uh, through referrals sort of off the side of my desk. Um, <clears throat> and then as I was working for a, a large construction association here in Vancouver, I started to realize that some of the smaller contractors, developers that were coming in and saying hello, um, you know, they had a need always for marketing. Um, and when I left there, uh, there was obviously COVID happened and so forth. And I sort of took the leap then and brought everything under one roof so that a contractor or, you know, a developer or someone in trades, you know, could find easily a source to create a website, create their branding, you know, go to a trade show, have a booth completed, get work apparel, get their viz, high viz done, um, branded and logoed, get their vehicle wrapped, right? Everything in one, uh-huh. one stop, right? So they wouldn't have to pay the extra fees for, uh, you know, setting up their uh, general branding and then having a fee to pay another agency to do something else and something else and something else, right? So um, yeah, it's been, you know, initially I started out with four employees and it was just in website development and design um, SEO management and social media management. And uh, now we're, you know, close to two years later with a team of um, on the day-to-day 10, um, you know, 12 if I need them, um, you know, but we've, we've expanded, we've grown, we do, you know, strategic photography and videography now. Um, I do a lot of networking consulting. Uh, I do business consulting and, um, you know, branched out into sort of a whole, a whole bunch of other areas 
And we've had to expand my website this year um, just to let people know all the all the neat things that we're doing now at Day Media Consulting. You kind of sparked my interest with something you just said. What is networking consulting? So I'm a I'm a power networker. I guess it's the only way you can call it. I'm <laughs> I, I I go to events. I'm I'm very involved with my community um, here in Vancouver. We I don't know if you have it in the states, but we have the Chamber of Commerce, which you know. Um, so. I'm affiliated with two. Um, and then, you know, I sit on a few different boards. I'm constantly at events that tie into my branding or my messaging or are um, catering to my key audience. So I'm always out there. So I'm really keeping my finger on the pulse with networking with what's going on, who's who's the who in the neighborhood, right? Um, you know, what resources are available to me and, you know, even not just my staff and, and so forth, but also out there, how do I act as sort of a dot connector to make projects run for people to come together? Um, it's, it's less about me now. It's more, you know, it's, it's really about bringing, you know, if I know John and I know Wendy and I see that they're doing something together that would work really well, how do I bring those two together? And ultimately uh-huh. that just comes back to me anyway. So it's just, I just like, I love people and I love watching that process, but we also do how to network in a lunch and learn series. And we come into people's work and we talk to them about, you know, how to network properly. What are the key factors um, today in networking, you know, after COVID, um, you know, how to leave a conversation comfortably, how to work a room, right? All these different types of things. So we do that with SEO as well. Um, We do that with business and sales consulting too. So um, how to BD properly, how to, uh, you know, cold call properly, pitch properly. Um, Uh And so, yeah, it's just, we curate the session based on the um, industry that you're in and um, what you're looking for. You know, if it's a sales team, we're looking to grow and expand with new knowledge. Um, you know, we kind of come at that a little bit differently than let's say, you know, a tech company that's a startup that wants to know more about marketing, right? So yeah, very tailored. And then just, you know, if there's opportunity for um, customers to sit in panels or be at certain associations. I'll review the association and tell them who to talk to, who's the who, you know, who's who in the room that you want to mingle with that night. And we even go so far as to social style you on Instagram or so forth and make your branding, um, you know, basically fall in line with all of your communications so that when you're out there and you're sitting on a panel, just based even on what you're wearing, um, how you're holding yourself, right? That that people realize this is part of who I am as a company, right? And it makes a big difference when you're looking at, um, you know, players out there in the field who don't have it all together, right? So, uh, so you're you're almost an image consultant as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I've I, honestly I've never heard of a media company that does this all encompassing of a service. It's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, now tell me a little bit about your own journey. Cause you know, we want to know who Olivia is. How did you get into this? I know you have a really, uh, extensive background in sales. Do you want to talk a little yeah. bit about how you got into it? Sure. Um, I would say, I mean, I've probably, there's a few <laughs> in sales. Um, you know, there's lots of assumptions made, but there's a, a couple of really hard knocks, you know, um, industries that if you sold in, I mean, you can pretty much sell to anyone. So car sales obviously is one of them, right? Um, photocopier sales is another one. Um, okay. Wait, isn't just, that what Sarah Blakely did? 
or is that fax machine? Did you ever hear that story? Yeah, fax machines. She did fax, fax machines. machines. Yeah. So <laughs> fax, yeah, fax machines is what it usually started a precursor to someone who was in, and I sold fax machines too. So um yeah, so when you when you start in those kind of worlds, and then there's a few others in finance, you know, that get kind of hairy. Um mm-hmm. And I, and I worked two of the dominant ones. So I worked in photocopier sales, but I also worked in leasing um, in photocopiers. So uh, you have to be very dynamic. Um, and back then we didn't have cell phones like we do now. Uh, so I'm yeah. dating myself a little bit, but um, so I actually had to cold call using a binder and create my territory list and evolve my territory list by knocking on doors and walking into just offices in buildings, right? You would have to skirt the security officer and make sure that they didn't find you in the building, right? And um, and write down all of the, the the people and then create a spreadsheet when you got to the office, really old school, right? And um, so for much of the downtown core, a lot of different territories here in Vancouver, I've worked almost all of them except for one. So all the geographic territories I've covered at different jobs I've been at and so forth. But that kind of set the base for... Um, I'm just okay with no, like, no, just it rolls off. I'm, I'm not scared. I, I don't mind meeting new people. I don't mind starting a conversation in an elevator with someone. I, it's just, like I said, I love people. I love hearing their stories. I love their culture. Um, and I think that was kind of what made the switch initially. And then I went into, I kind of flipped when I moved to Ontario for a bit and got into the leasing side of of these large, large photocopiers. And I did integration into legal offices and schools, um, what we call GEM accounts, so um, government, education, municipal. And a lot of that technology integration and discussions about money and what finance rates work. So I worked four years at um, two different banks and um, really got my feet wet in, you know, what a... uh, uh, What's it called? Uh, a PL looks like, right? And and where money goes in a business, right? So I got to see sort of the full circle of a business, right? And um, and then just meeting new people as sort of my career progressed. I went for a little bit into the tech side of things, um, and then ran helped run a company. Um, and it was just and my and I come from a background where my parents owned their own companies in the trades. Actually, both of them were in the trades, so I have a real soft spot in the trade. So my dad was in masonry. Um, he went into tile setting. Um, so I was a lot of times off the job site with my dad, like when the plumber was there or, you know, when the carpenter was there or whatever. And then my mom, she took hairdressing as a trade and, um, she now has a spa, which I've marketed most of my life. Um, and my sister works there as well and does the aesthetic work. So it's, uh, it's, it's really got given me a good full circle feel for how important it is to have a trade. My mom was always like, if you, if you don't excel at school in something like marketing or something you want to take on, really go get yourself a trade, right? Because you can always fall back on it. You're using your hands, right? You're getting in there. And, um, and if I wasn't at the stage I was at now, I, I would probably take up a trade. Um, you know, I really, really? enjoy trades. Um, you know, there's there's certain things that I'm like, that's that's really cool. I would really love to design that. I really like to do that, right? And I have such a creative aspect in me, which is why I, I went from finance back into marketing. Um, and uh, I just really, I just really found that in speaking with trades when I worked for the 
um, Construction Association, like I said, there was just that need there and I felt for them. And I was uh-huh. just like, I just want to help. I just want to, I just want to bring your brand forward. I just want to, you know, you know, spell you to the masses, if you will. Right. So it's been like a step, you know, I can really say in my career journey that I had to be at the places I was in order to get to that next level step. But COVID was, I think the real push where it got me to the point where I'm like, you know, I've written this in my dream journal to own a business, you know, for five or 10 years ago. And, you know, when am I going to take that step? Like, there's never a good time. It's like when you're having children, it's never a good time, right? But right. you go, you go and you you do it and you launch out there and, you know, so, um, and I've got re- some really great people in my corner that have been supporting me, clients that have been supporting me and, um, yeah, we're, you know, we're not a large firm. We're very much a boutique firm here in a sort of rural part of Vancouver. Um, but, you know, we cater to so many different things under one roof and you just, you don't find that here. So people yeah. come to me for, you know, if they want to network and they want to be seen and they don't know how to kind of progress to the next level of marketing because we hold our relationships, <clears throat> you know, very much, a you know, in trust, mm-hmm. um, and, and we want long-term relationships. Most of the people that I work with or that I've done marketing for, I still have these great relationships with them now, even though we've ended the contract or, yeah. you know, <clears throat> I've done the, done the work or whatever. But, um, and I think that's just really important. You know, we're not like a, a one day player, you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. not, we're, we're not, we're not a marketer. We don't just throw a package at you. You think you hope, you know, what's going on with SEO and we walk away. We're very yeah. much like we, we train you <clears throat> a little bit on why we're telling you about the data, why we're showing you the analytics in there, what it means to market, how you gain that organic traction. And, and people are so like amazed. They're just like, and then I get the question usually like, <clears throat> do you do retainer work where you can work, come work for us on a part-time basis? Uh-huh, I'm sure you get that a lot. <laughs> so, so I'm like, yes, I do do fractional work um, mm-hmm. depending on what we're looking at. Right. But um yeah, it's been an, an ever-evolving journey, and I will, I, I think, give credit to my parents, my background, um, a lot of my my family in Germany, um, my family out here, um, you know, they have their own business practice, so that entrepreneurial mindset, I think, has always yeah. been there, and I've always found it, it's it's not, I wouldn't say difficult to work for a company, but I always just felt like my hands were tied, and I, I wanted to do more, right, like I wanted to expand an area of the business, or, yeah, you know, and, and they wanted to kind of keep you in a certain box, and I'm just like, yeah. It's hard when you're you've got that entrepreneurial blood in you, right? And mm-hmm. you just I understand. You know, <laughs> yeah, you would understand. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would just say um being an entrepreneur, especially a woman entrepreneur, um, yeah, it's it's tough sometimes, but it's very rewarding at other times. So I'm curious about because I know you have different areas that you specialize in. Uh construction's a big one. Mm-hmm. Can you can you kind of explain to us? how specializing helps uh, be able to hone in on an industry's needs or requirements. Because I know you mentioned like with construction, you started to talk a little bit about it, how, you know, you might wrap the vehicle or you may, I don't know, what you gave a few examples. What are some, some other things that make it make sense to specialize in a certain industry? 
Yeah, so um, I would say I specialize in these particular niches um, because I can copy, I can write copy for them or I've worked within them. So I know the lingo, the dialogue that's associated with that um, trade or that area of the industry. So it's very easy for me and my team to create social media behind mm -hmm. that when we're creating the content or images around that. You kind of know in the background with construction what images to show because of safety issues. Yeah. You can't show these images, right? And when you have that background, you don't need to go to the client, ask additional questions, right? Like it's it's very seamless. You show them, right? Um, but from the branding perspective, you know, I would say construction makes up about 65% of our business. Um, and it's just, I think one kind of flows into the other. It, it usually starts with a branding conversation or website. We kind of go from there, tweak the website, then we move into SEO, how to get your website seen, and then into social media, right? And we kind of dive in there. And I can kind of expand a little bit on that social because it's such a big um, side mm -hmm. of our business. And my team had my team is is um, a team of four because um, I had to grow that side of the business a little bit faster because there is so much demand there. And uh, I think it's just once you have those kind of sections done, then it becomes when you're in there with the client talking about projects they're working on and contracts that are coming up and new builds that are being designed um, and how they're being seen against their competitors, the next ideal things are, you know, let's be seen with our trucks, let's be seen with our signage around, you know, the building, right? Um, and that sort of thing. And I was just like, why don't I, I do this, right? And then I also have my wedding planning and event planning license. So I do corporate events. So, hmm. you know, with a client I was working with, <clears throat> they hadn't hosted after COVID, you know, a company barbecue and just, they had to get stuff together and, or um, a golf tournament and they just didn't know. And I'm like, you know, I can put this together for you. I can put the food, the drinks, the everything just together for you in a package and get it done. Right. And, um, and people are like, just, yeah, they're kind of blown away that it's just every, yeah. every time they ask, it's just like, yeah, I can do that for you. Yeah, I can do that for you. How do you want this done? Do you want this done? Here's the package price. You can opt for package one or two, whatever fits, whatever. And then we kind of move on and we kind of go to the next. Right. Uh -huh. And um, yeah, so you kind of become almost part of their family, depending on how long yeah. you're working with the team. Right. And, um, and I think that's the, the place that I enjoy most, especially when um, people really start trusting you and give you um, creative control, I guess. Um, and you're just allowed to come into their company and, and drive the flow of their creative and their corporate messaging. And they just kind of let you take off with that, right? And they, they know that you're coming from a place, like I, I view a company from, if I were selling the product, right? What would I need as a salesperson? What would I need from an operations perspective? And what do I think leadership will need for, you know, from a, a shareholder's position, from a leadership position? And a lot of times that messaging can change quite substantially, but you want to make sure that you understand um, the corporate dynamic, the corporate culture. And I started leading with, um, we have something called our marketing gap assessment. And that's just me sitting and interviewing um, the main players of the organization, kind of, you know, anywhere from three to five, you know, the owner, because I want to see the vision, right? And then I want to see how the players, like the business development managers or the, the reps or outside facing, how are they feeling about marketing and the corporate culture? And from there, I dictate the plan 
around their marketing goals and what that's going to look like and where and how long you should position each thing like SEO, social, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And people really like that because I'm coming in as an unbiased Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, view. I ask the same 10 questions to everybody, but they're hard questions and they really make people think and it, I just get way different answers than what leadership might get from asking their staff member a question, right? Yeah. So when we, we don't say who says what, right? We're very, you know, Switzerland in the whole thing. <laughs> um, but we're just, it gives leadership and a better understanding of where they need to be and what their employees are feeling, right? Or even mm-hmm. like their right hand or your, their vice president or operations or HR. And, you know, I, I, it's funny because I've, I've gone into a meeting and it's been two people interviewed and then all of a sudden, you know, it's 11 people interviewed because during the interview, they're like, you, you really need to speak to so-and-so and so on this. Right. And it's just been a, a really great, uh, journey. Um, yeah, so far, so far, yeah. so good. <laughs> what, so tell me, what are some of the things that construction companies are doing in marketing these days that make it a little bit different from, you know, other types of companies, I don't know, um, fashion or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, restaurants like what are what are some different um so I would say construction which they should be because Google eats video faster than you know general copy or content or just you know um you know static uh images but uh I would say a lot of companies are using I don't know how this you know how the U.S. is in comparison but um here in Canada I would say a lot of video on their front on the, you know, moving, Mm -hmm. moving video, right. Um, on their front Mm -hmm. landing page, which is really great for pickup. Um, and then you sort of go into the content and, um, a lot of project pieces right there up front. So you can see what they've worked on, right. What they're working on, what's up and coming. Um, some construction companies are really great at showcasing who their team members are. Other Mm -hmm. people like to stay behind the fold. Um, I think those are the ones that kind of need the assistance still because um in marketing i like to create as much humanity as possible and not use standard you know adobe pics that are just you know generated people's faces and you know yeah it, it just doesn't hold you people can tell now what's fake and what's real right and so if we can come in do a strategic image gallery for you and then set that up on your website or use that for your social media we would rather do that and start showing people like, you know, who Taylor is or Jennifer mm-hmm. is at this company and what they do. And I love when people are open to putting a little bit of fun and flair in their bios. Like, you know, John likes to fish on weekends and he likes to go yeah. here, right? But in his, in, in his work time, you can find him doing this and this and this, right? Or he's got, ex, you know, over 15 to 20 years experience doing this and this, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I see that a lot. And then, like I said, the vehicle wrapping is very, the, the, the fleet wrapping is very prominent here, right? So if you've got a, a bunch of trucks or, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, cross, what I call cross vehicles of sort, we do full wrapping on that. And then I don't do outside full building signage, but we do a lot of the fence signage. So, right, that's um, take to the project that's coming on board. Um, so, you know, different varieties, but if, clients are doing um, trade shows. We offer, you know, three different sizes. We actually integrate um, lighting and TV and we, we make sure that we 
um, give some consulting around the setup because we've worked trade show booths um, quite a bit. And, and some people, they don't take little things into consideration. Like, you know, if there's going to be seating in your booth and then you're covering half of your logo because your chairs are right in front of it or, or whatever, right? Um, and so I would say just, it's little things like that, but it's, I'm trying to see more people who've got important things to say, especially in the areas of sustainability. Um, you know, like I said, women in trades, we're a big supporter of women in trades. Um, uh, you know, just diversity and equity in the industry, um, seeing those people come forward because there's such a passion and excitement and where they can put themselves for that passion and excitement. So when we talk about what association or what panel you can go speak on, when we do the research, we say, no, this is where you should be talking. This is where you should be voicing, you know, yeah. some of this and, and, and going out there and broadcasting who you are, right. As an organization. And if you're going to be the you know, what I call it, the figurehead of the company, right? That's mm -hmm. out there positioning yourself um, and, and just get out there, but it's gotta be the right setup to the brand, right? And I think people, because it's, you know, a lot of times people wearing multiple hats in con construction companies, right? It's an HR mm -hmm. or an overlay of an admin person. Sometimes it's not a true marketer or the owner's doing half of it, you know? So really we're just trying to help, um, kind of be the equalizer right and help out and fill those gaps and pockets okay. where they they don't have the time to do it but they need that um outward facing broadcasting of you know who they are they you want to get a wider more diverse reach and that kind of thing so we're just trying to watch and cater to the to those areas of the business mm -hmm. and and see if we can help those areas grow but we do simple things even like you know some some trucks i say you know what or vehicles i'm like you know you don't if you're going to sell your vehicle just ma put magnets on the side for right now. Mm -hmm. It's a temporary yeah. solution, still gets you seen, totally fine, can take it off, right? When you're, you know, when you're not working, right? And you're driving the yeah. kids around or whatever it is, right? Um, and there's just, there's ways to go about doing branding um, too, even corporate branding, like logoing um, or on high vis, you know, you're, it, it can be at different spots as long as it's seen, right? But mm -hmm. some people just, they don't think creatively out of the box. Like it's just mm -hmm. like, I have to do it this way, right? And so we like to kind of change things up, make it more fun. Yeah, it sounds like, all right, I have a question about, so this is for all the people out there in construction to listen to hear this, who have their own businesses or who are working for construction companies. What are some of the things that, Okay, no. What would you say is the number one thing that construction companies are doing wrong with their branding and website or, you know, that they could improve on? Um, wow, that's a really loaded question. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I would say doing wrong. Um, a lot of companies just hired, you know, a marketer, I guess, or tried to do it themselves on Wix or Squarespace. And through a website up, um, not that I don't love uh, Wix or uh, Squarespace. Um, it's good if you're a smaller company. Um, I, I I use the example of you know if you're selling jewelry online or you know you know smaller businesses, right? But the problem with those platforms is they their templated their template list and what you're able to do with SEO is defined by certain parameters. And once you exceed that, you can't go any more creative without paying extra every single time. So they're created from a certain point. And then if you wanna grow, it's pay, 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 pay. Whereas when you go um, and you start on WordPress and Google and WordPress, 
you know, they're kind of like um, husband and wife, like they, they read each other really well, they understand each other. Um, and they play well in the sandbox. And they just give the allowance for greater growth, um, greater capacity. Yeah, there's a few little updates um, with their templates. But for the most part, and that's why major marketers use it, um, your website should be created on a WordPress platform and integrated um, later on SEO. If you're not using SEO, it is truly your downfall. Um, SEO is search engine optimization is, you know, what I call the four leaf clover to any marketing um, and any strategic marketing plan, because it's delineating how much your website is getting seen, what your conversion rates look like, um, for business and also where your target market is coming from. And I think the biggest mistake, construction or any field really, is before everybody's got big shiny object syndrome, right? They're looking, you know, I need, I need social media, I need this, I need this. But they're not actually finding out who their target audience is first and and to market to that audience. They're just, you know, throwing out a wide um net and they're they're trying to see who who can be caught right and that's not a plan that's not that's not strategy that's not you know it's it's you should be able to first find your target audience and that's kind of what we do we take a full step back say look if we haven't done if you're not on seo let's spend a couple months in this pocket so we can see where your audience is coming from and then we can start actually targeting and speaking to your audience right because mm -hmm. that's what marketing should be doing and, and then we move forward from there. And there's various different ways about uh, doing that um, and different packages that you can um, take your chance on and work with and work through. But I find that's probably the biggest um, thing is, is people, contractors have websites up. Um, they don't have true SEO on it. it. They've been marketed and told they're paying for SEO. It's not true SEO management. It's just, you know, sort of bottom base. It's basic tagging. Maybe what you would consider very much like a Google My Business page kind of thing. Maybe that's up and running and they think they've paid for SEO, right? But it's not, right? And, and so that's the biggest thing is once um, we get login credentials, we start poking around and I'm just like, you don't have SEO on your website. You don't have this. You, I, I'm sorry to tell you, but you've been paying and this is no, this is not there. Right. Okay. And, um, and then just looking at their positioning in industry uh, um, in relation to their competition. Um, we spend a lot of time upfront and that research area. Right. And, and, you know, it's one thing to be um, in construction, but it is a saturated market. And if you're not differentiating yourself in a certain way, you know, why would I choose company A over B, right? And what does that look like, right? So I would, I would, I would say that, that, um, and, and the website now is like the business card, right? So if you're out and about people will, if they want to read more about what you do, they're going to look at your website, right? Um, when you're networking, LinkedIn is your new business card, right? If you don't have one on you, right? And it's just, the way that people do things now. And if you're not kind of following suit or you're trying to stay in the back weeds, right? And then people start questioning you, like why, why, you know, this person seems like they've got a lot of experience. They've been in the industry so long. Um, you know, I've met a lot, a lot of um, gentlemen and women um, alike. I will say it is more gentlemen in the industry and they want to, you know, hide their secrets, right? Like, from their competitors. So, so they kind of stay back, right? But 
that's hurting them because their culture is evolving and younger people are going to be working at the company, right? It's not going to be an older generation. And it's actually hurting them from a cultural perspective because their people aren't, um, they're not being open as to what the corporate culture and the feel of the company is when they're looking to hire new staff and so forth, right? And then they wonder why, you know, we can't hire or HR is not getting the drive from, from their postings, right? And so forth, right? So it's, it comes very twofold, right? It's, um, it really depends on the type of industry, um, but construction, I would say. Um, startups, I really enjoy because they're a lot more free-flowing and open that way, right? Because they just, they, they want to get out there. They want to get their branding um, out there and, and to be seen, but construction, it's got some little picadillos, I would say, mm-hmm. in there, right? And, um, you know, each to each their own. Um, but I would say those are probably some of the few things that I've noticed. Interesting. All right, now, we don't have a lot of time left, so I want to make sure we touch on this other subject, which is how we met. Um, we basically yeah. met, talk, we met talking about uh, potentially doing, a fa- you doing a fashion show in Canada, all about women's personal protective equipment. So I would look, and, and work apparel. So I would love to hear, about that project, um, you know, what is your vision for the project, and do we have a target date? Yeah, so yeah, so I reached out to Emily and Juno Jones um, just to looking at. Um, I, like I said, I'm I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I pay attention to a lot of different sources when it comes to, and here in Canada, just like there's been a movement, I would say in the states with um, women in mm-hmm. PPE. Um, it's very much so happening here in Canada too, but people don't have the resourcing and where to go for it. So we've been kind of looking to the States and I've been watching as certain fashion shows or trade shows have been happening with this little walk, walk offs done to showcase, right. Um, the inclusivity of the, of the, the apparel, right. Um, so I've, I've been partnering with a few women out here in Canada, but also in the States, um, to, to bring together some of the sizing so that it's actual, it's, it's, it's more like, um, you know, the, uh, uh, what do we call it? A qualifier, we were calling it, mm-hmm. um, because we're vetting um, this. I mean, the safety standards here, there's no rules or regulations, just so you're aware in Canada, as of yet to say that women have to wear this, right, on, on, uh, on the job site. Um, so employers are, and, and manufacturers are kind of taking a, a bit of a step back and saying, well, until you tell us this has to be done, unfortunately, you know, there's nothing, no push out there to kind of say, this is the, this is the norm. This is the regulation, right? So we're just kind of trying to like jump the gun. Cause we know that it's out there. Women are talking about it. Women want to be a part of it. Right. Um, Gender inclusivity is also a very um, high topic here. So um, because I'm part of a lot of associations, some of the main ones in construction here, um, I sat on the board, uh, had to take a step back just from with Day Media from the Canadian, Const- uh, uh, Canadian Construction Women um, Association board, and then Vancouver Regional Construction Association I'm a part of, and, you know, there's a few more that I'm, you know, we mingle and we network with and so forth. But um, yeah, we wanted to create, um, you know, 100 to 200 person, not too big at first. We might broadcast it in a smaller kind of, we wanted an off the cuff location. I don't want it to be, 
you know, kind of in a stuffy um, ballroom, right? Um, I want it to be in a kind of fun location, right? Where women have the chance to come out and, and see. Um, I've chosen a few models from every different walk of life, right? Every different build, you know, busty, curvy, you know, short-haired, long-haired, right? Like all the things. Um, so I've, I've been working with um, a lady out here who's really been into what it looks like for the coveralls and the standardization. Um, and what that looks like here in Canada. And then we've got Juno Jones with, you know, the boots. Um, and then there's a couple other suppliers we're looking at, but we really want, um, you know, I call it co-opetition in this case, kind of like the beer industry, okay. right? It's almost like when you've got a brewery here and a couple more, everybody just wants, you know, that kind of camaraderie, right? Around once you've got a good signature, um, uh, you know, piece of, you know, PPE, right, that's working and that's, you know, done to safety standards, we want to showcase that so that, um, you know, the safety compliance that's out there can see that this, this conversation is real, this is happening, right, and we want it to get out there. So we were initially going to try to set up for September 22nd was going to be the original kind of date, but just in looking at contracts with the manufacturers and suppliers that we need. We have to get some of this stuff brought up from the States. Um, and then, you know, we got to set the date, the location and all that kind of stuff. Location is pretty much chosen. Um, I'm not really worried about that, but I just want to make sure that we've got the right sponsors in on this and, um, you know, right conversation driven. Some of the associations want to take part now that they've heard about, you know, this. So um, really kind of trying to uh, maximize. And we have a, a large uh, construction conference up here in February called Buildex Vancouver. I don't know if you guys have something like that out, out, out there, um, but it's a traveling show. It kind of goes throughout Canada, Calgary, Toronto, so forth. And um, we usually try to schedule that. Everybody's kind of waking up, you know, from the cold season. It takes a little while out here that that show is in February. So we're kind of thinking April might be a good time to kind of get back into the sort of swing of being out, you know, mingling with public again yeah. um, and so forth. So that's kind of where we're hitting. So yeah, definitely keep, I'll keep you posted and let you know um, for sure, obviously, cause we're gonna, we're gonna be um, helping you supply your goods for the show, which I'm so excited about because women eat up boots and shoes here like nothing. <laughs> so, so, um, so traction on footwear is great. And then we have some of the larger um, we're trying to change the corporate journey of some of the larger manufacturers out there. Like, I don't know if you've got um, marks uh, out there, but they're one of, like they're a major, you know, PPE and women's and and workwear supplier. So we've been having conversations with them on you need to bring in more quality gear and what the, what does that look like right what what style and build is it built to right is it right and so is it inclusive sort of yeah pre, yeah we're sort of pre-vetting if you will mm -hmm. um and then showcasing that out there and and getting um you know the the messaging out there that there are companies out there that have already started this and that are more than willing to get out there for this so yeah we're really looking forward to it awesome well we are so so excited about it and it so spring 2024, keeping our eyes out for that, waiting for that. So awesome. Yeah. Olivia, where can our listeners find your company and find you to connect with? 
Um, I am, uh, so initially when I started doing media, I was going to put just a general info at day media or sales. I've just found because people know me in industry. So I just used our email. So it's Olivia at daymedia.ca. Um, that's the company email. Everything comes to me kind of first. I vet it for the team and who we're going to use. Like I said, quarterbacking everything. Um, but we're on all the social channels. So Facebook, um, you can find us on Instagram. Um, but primarily I'm on LinkedIn. I would say you can find me most there under Olivia Olchuk Day or Day Media or Day underscore media underscore consulting. Um, and, uh, you know, that's usually where we post or double post all the events we're at, um, what we're doing in industry. Um, I do a lot of um, hashtag. We have a hashtag called media with a cause where we bring back to the community. For instance, um, last night, or yesterday, I was at a golf tourney in support of Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Langley, um, which is a charity which is close to my heart for the children in the community. And um, so we we gave back to the community that way, right? And a lot of our projects, I let clients know that when we showcase you on our media channel, some of the proceeds go to some of these charities that we work with. So it's, um, it's I don't know, it's our way of kind of giving back and, um, you know, helping kids and, and helping community um, that we're in. And I, I just think, um, especially when you're in a, we're not a small town here in Langley. We're, we're growing. We, we want to call it the second Vancouver out here just because we're growing oh, yeah, so quickly. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I just think working with your community, your local community mm -hmm. is so important with, you know, women in business, uh, smaller business, right. And, and picking up those small businesses and helping them out. So that's really kind of where we spend our time, right. We're, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not looking for a big conglomerate company they've got a lot of their set their set stuff but that's where to find us linkedin is where you can follow us the most okay well olivia ulchak day president and ceo of day media consulting known as a disruptor out there in the construction and marketing <laughs> space out in vancouver this has been a lot of fun thank you so much for taking the time to chat with the hazard girls podcast today and we are keeping our eye out for this fashion show coming up in vancouver and 2024 spring 2024 awesome thank you again for having me emily it's been so enjoyable and i can't wait to showcase your product when we get this rolling out here in the new year yay thank you so much olivia you have been listening to the hazard girls podcast on jacket media sponsored by juno jones the stylish safety boot company that's junojonesshoes.com and you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.